I remember when they told me there was nothing for me. No hopes to keep on dreaming, and I was way past 30. I sat in my room, and I began to cry. Then caught myself again, said I would upgrade my life. I'm gonna upgrade my life. I'm gonna upgrade my life. Could never do it without my tribe. I'm gonna upgrade my life. Welcome to the Dr. D Inspire Upgrade My Life and Biz podcast, where we give you tools and tips to reach personal and professional goals. Dr. Alana DeGrasse here, president of Turning on the Lights Global Institute. And I want to thank you for tuning into this podcast. We had such an overwhelming amount of feedback this particular week between our live stream, between our podcast, and between my coaching sessions that I had to come on here because I really do believe that you can have an unrecognizable year. You've told me your stories about challenges. You've told me your stories about your potential. And today's topic is called Decide to Have an Unrecognizable Year. Decide to Have an Unrecognizable Year. Now, it's interesting how we really upgrade our persistence and our dedication when we really want something. Now, if you're in a relationship, do you remember what it was like when you first met that person? Do you remember how you would... Be super excited when you woke up because you knew you were going to be able to talk to them on the phone? Or do you remember even talking to them in the evening and it went on so late in the night that all of a sudden you looked out and daylight was approaching? Do you remember how even though you were tired, you still persisted throughout the day because there was nothing that was going to get in the way from you developing and nurturing that beautiful relationship. Similar to that of a new job, do you remember what it was like when you applied to that new position and you received it? You remember how early you got up because you knew you needed to be there on time and you also wanted to make sure if you got lost, you had enough time to get there on time because you wanted your supervisor to see that you were dedicated, capable, and able to do the tasks that you were going to be challenged with. Do you remember how a loss or something tragic happening occurred in your life and it caused you to focus so clearly because you couldn't afford not to? Well, when we think about reaching new goals, it's difficult to have that 911 feeling of urgency, of of anticipation, because sometimes it's a very insular experience. But I want to jump on here today, and I want to coach you to remember that you can always make a new decision that you want to have an unrecognizable year. And the fact is, we're in June, so let's think about it, June, July. August, September, October, November, December. Wow. Six months. What are you going to do in the next six months? 
And when I say decide to have an unrecognizable year, I really want you to ponder on what that means. Because if you truly want an unrecognizable year and you made the decision to commit to yourself, then you really are going to have to move some of those self-sabotaging behaviors that you may have had in the past. So many of you this week has said, oh, I'm so frustrated because every time I get ready to start something or every time I'm right at the edge of a new level of growth, I always seem like I'm going back to the beginning. And you know why that is? Because even though you are seeing how far you can go, every time you get that much closer to it, it might scare you a little bit. It's very scary to think about what we don't know. It's very scary to think about whether or not our dream can really happen. And did you know that the fear of success is very real? I mean, I remember for many, many years, my teachers and mentors always saying, oh, Alana, you are such a leader. Oh, oh, boy, you are such a great speaker. And in that moment, I used to always tell them, I didn't ask to be anybody's leader. I don't want to be anybody's leader. I don't want to be a speaker. But if you had gotten under my skin or you told me something that I really didn't agree with, I wanted to let you know how I felt about it. And with time, I learned that having a voice and stepping into some affirmations to remember that you matter, your voice matters, and the things that are passionate to you are passionate to you for a reason, I believe. And we're all, I believe, put on this earth to do something special, to give and to contribute. And so it took me a while to get out of my own way. It took me a while to not mind having my face on flyers. And it took me a while not to... um you know, finally say to myself, it's okay, I can still be who I am and who I need to be, but I'm going to show up differently. And I want you to know that I'm super excited to announce that starting in July, moving on, we're going to have a number of podcast roundtables where I'm inviting a number of guests to join me. Some of them will be um, some of the members in my tribe who participated in my programs, Um, Some of them will be leaders in their own right from different industries. I mean, we have members in our community from all over the world, so I would love for you to meet those people. And I really am looking for those of you who are like, no, I want to continuously grow. But I also want you to to really start thinking about how you're going to measure your level of persistence. And I studied persistence for many, many years That was what my doctoral research was about. What makes people successful? What's going to make them, you know, thrive? And it was amazing to me to consider what made people really give up sometimes. Sometimes it it was something as simple as a bad comment or a bad experience from an early formative year school classroom. Other times it was, you know, really looking up to someone and hoping that they would affirm a new idea or a project, or sometimes it was in the midst of failure. And if you had someone that was going to push you through that failure till you came, till you were able to kind of bounce back until you saw the success, then these were all the things that highly influenced how someone operated as an adult. So I want to just ask you this question. How bad do you want your upgrade? Really take a moment and answer this question. Are you happy 
with where your revenue is right now. Are you able to pay your bills? Are you able to take those vacations? Or are you working hour by hour just feeling like you need to gasp for air? These are really important questions to consider. Now, the danger of social media is that we can feel like we are being productive. We can post all day. We can also be spending a lot of time consuming information. But this has just become the new normal. You are really going to have to make sure that you remain authentic to who you are, authentic to your branding, if that's what you're busy working on. But at the end of the day, you've got to be able to measure your wins. If we're not closing people, if we're not getting them into our programs, if they're not being able to use our services, we got to go back to the drawing board and we have to be willing to focus. Can we take that 30 second focus that we did yesterday? Let's go. Awesome. I think you can do better. I think we can do better. We can have better rest. We can feel more energized. We can feel more joyful. We can feel more hopeful. And when we have those elements in place in the midst of building our business or businesses, we will have staying power. And that's really important to remember. Your dream is as good as your plan. Your dream is as good as your ability to believe that you can do it. One of the last things I said um, in the last podcast was that we have to be willing to pause long enough to really see where we, we, where we are at, and we have to be willing to have some incubation. Now, Einstein could sit for hours and think, can we do that today with all the chimes and bells and things coming in our inbox. Can we do that? I mean, if you really took a moment to just focus on what you do well, whether you're a baker, whether you're a speaker, whether you're a teacher or a leader, and you spent time to really focus on what you do well, and you spent time focusing on sharing what you do well with others, you would completely see a turnaround in your business. The phone still works. A direct email of just caring about someone still works. And please do not do the thing that some people are out here doing. Where you see something on LinkedIn and you say to yourself, hmm, that person seems nice. And you just randomly start selling them right in their message message area. That is not going to work today. Do you know how many people are frustrated by that type of marketing? But how about having a real conversation? How about really learning about your prospects? Again, automation is great, but I personally am that kind of person that would rather listen and talk to someone who really has taken time to look at what I'm up to and vice versa. So for me, it's always interesting when I'm meeting someone 
And I literally have done research on them. I know what they've done. I know what they're up to. And when I start talking to them about their business, they're like, oh my goodness, you really know what my business is about. You know what I've posted lately. Like they're all surprised because it's just not common for many people, whether you're the person pursuing that prospect or whether you're the person, um, you know, receiving services. It's just not that common anymore that people will really take the time. And I want you to know that, yes, does it take more time to really understand someone else and what their vision is? Yes, it does. But is it worth it? Absolutely. I cannot tell you how many clients I've had with tears in their eyes that really thank me wholeheartedly because they're like, this is the first time I realize I can actually speak and feel like I'm heard and also that you get me. And I just think that we're going to move into a situation as we grow where people are going to still want to have more and more authenticity look we can always post that everything is perfect on the internet we can look at other people's lives and just be thinking that they're having the most perfect life ever but I don't know about you we all go through different seasons in our lives we go through loss we go through grief we go through heartache we go through setback and I just want you to know if you're in a pit of pit in a in a pit or you're in a dark place you know what it's okay be in the dark place feel all the feelings think about what happened you know feel those emotions but don't stay there you then have to say to yourself all right i didn't like what happened last year i didn't like how this transaction went i didn't like how wh whether it's a poor client relationship whatever it is and then a adapt and and think about how you want to operate moving forward so we are going to have times when we fail. We're going to have times when we have to adjust ourselves. So today I'm actually going to drop in a surprise for you, a conversation that I had with former NFL player Tyrone Smith. And what is awesome about his story is how he decided to pivot his career of being an NFL player and how he decided to move forward because sometimes you know when people think about success sometimes if they've been successful in one given area it's hard to imagine finding success in another area and so it was interesting to talk to him because we were able to really listen to him tell us his story about how he bounced back about his initiatives to work with young people, and we had a blast. So let's jump into this deep dive with Tyrone 24 Smith. This is just brought to you by Turning On The Lights Global Institute, where we give you tools and tips to reach personal goals. Toljuspark.com. Hey, hello, Mr. Tyrone. How are you today? I'm doing good, Dr. Alana. Just great, grateful and thankful, man, for every living moment. Wow, I, same here. And you know, we're going through so much with COVID-19. And one of the things we wanted to do was to really bring hope to people to keep them in motion. So before I do right. that, let me ask you, how are you keeping everything together? And how are you how are you doing? Man, number one, I mean, me and my family, we're safe and we're good. And one of the things that we're doing, we're using this, we're using this moment in time as opportunity, you know, to hit the reset button to really get back to the basics in regards to things that we've done or haven't done. And also taking advantage of the fact that we can actually um, strategize and plan for things beyond COVID-19 because life will continue to go on. But I think, you know, with this time, since we're being still, it's an opportunity to um, self-reflect 
and to see what we can do better and what we can do as we prepare to move forward throughout the rest of the year. Wow, that is so motivating. I hope you guys have notes with you because I'm taking them internally. Now, Tyrone, can you share with me, um, talk to us a little bit about, you know, your time before the NFL. What were some of the things or some of the negative self-talk you had before you were able to actually reach your dream? Because I think that while people are thinking about COVID-19, some of them lost jobs, some of them are like, what do I do? Um, And so they're looking for any story of resilience. And I think if you can share a little bit about your prior journey, that would be really great for our audience. I mean, when I, th- when I think about like the, the time before I actually got to the NFL, and I think about like my life, my journey. First of all, I want to let you know, Dr. Lund, that is so a loaded question. You know what I mean? I can like talk for like the like, next 30 minutes about the different things I had to overcome to get into the NFL. But Take your I started time. at one point. All right. I start, <laughs> see, you can stop me at any time. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I had to deal with, you know, growing up as a kid, I wasn't really expected to do a lot. I mean, so when I think about my background and my life and my story and my journey, my mom didn't finish middle school. My dad didn't finish high school. I'm the youngest of three boys. My oldest brother, he's been in and out of prison. Mm. My middle brother, he was the one at school that if somebody tried to encourage him to do something that was negative in regards to succumbing to peer pressure, my middle brother would be that guy. And here I am, I'm the youngest. I'm doing quite the opposite. I'm not doing what they're doing, but at the same time, I'm feeling left alone because I didn't get the attention because they were doing all these negative things and they were getting all the attention. And I had hopes and dreams of one day uh, making it to the NFL and people told me there's no way I can make it to the NFL. Mm -hmm. They would say, Tyrone, how are you going to make it to the NFL? First of all, to go to the NFL, you have to go to college. Your mom didn't finish middle school, your dad didn't finish high school. How can college be a reality for you? So I had all these different things that people were saying. Um, I grew up in the inner city of Houston. I didn't grow up in the best community or the best neighborhood. And they would say, come on, dude, you're, you're a ghetto kid. You're a hood, you're a hood kid. Mm. So how Can't did you, when, when you, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but when, when did you know that that was something you wanted to do? Like what, what, what got into you to say, you know what, I can say that to myself. Cause that sometimes people even have the fear of letting themselves know that that could be something large or a dream could be a possibility. So when was it that you said, you know what, I can become that. I want to become that. I think, you know, and one of the, one of the things I was going to share is that when you think about like your life and when you think about the different things you deal with and go through, I think at some point in your life, you have to draw from within. Mm. You have to find like that moment, that time, that circumstance, or that situation that can drive you, that can inspire you, that can will you to go beyond what others may say, think, or feel about you as a person. And I go back to a moment in time when I was a fifth grader. My mom was a janitor and a maid. And I remember one time um, I was actually cleaning homes with my mom. I would actually go out, Dr. Alana, and actually clean office buildings and clean homes with my mom to spend time with her because she sometimes had two and three jobs. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time we were cleaning this nice, beautiful home. And I said, Mom, when I grew up one day, I'm going to have a house just like this. Mm. She's like, no, Tyrone, you'll have a house better than this. But I need you to go to school, mm-hmm. get your education, make the, most out of, make the most out of opportunities, and be respectful. Mm-hmm. And I remember that. And now think about this, Dr. Lana. Here it is. This is a woman who didn't finish middle school. Mm-hmm. But she learned from the failed experience by not um, going to school. And she was instilling something in me that she didn't actually do herself. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about like, my life and my story, 
in my journey. I draw from that moment and that time to will and to inspire me to go beyond what others say, feel, or think about me as a person. Wait, so, wait, we can't. We gotta pause there because I know when people are listening to that, they yeah. they they will be clapping, throwing something at you. That was very powerful, and because. Yeah. Because so many of our, our participants are women, entrepreneurs, single parents, that is just an, uh, an applause kudos to them. Just knowing that their work and what they're doing, because some of them are working one and two jobs with the dream themselves. And what right. you're saying is like, look, maybe one day your child, your son, your daughter might be able to accomplish their dreams be because of what they're doing for their children. Right. Wow. Keep going. And, and that's the thing I want you know all the women out there to understand is that Although you're making a sacrifice, trust and believe and know that you're paving the way for your kids. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what my mom did for me. And I didn't take that moment or that time for granted because I can draw from that moment and draw from that time and get inspiration during those times where I'm tired, during those times where I feel like today may not be my day. Mm -hmm. I go back to that moment when this woman who didn't finish middle school challenged and charged me to do better, to think better for myself. And a year later is when I really thought about actually playing the game of football and wanting to play the game of football as a professional athlete. And as I prepare for that becoming a reality, my friends are like, Tyrone, dude, you can't be a professional football player. You're too small, you're too skinny, you got a big head, you crawl all the time, you're not good enough, you're not big enough, you're not fast enough, you're not cute enough. I'm like, what does cute have to do with you? You are a helmet anyway. <laughs> and well, so it's funny. It's interesting that you say that, though, because one of the themes that we've been talking about is this imposter, the imposter syndrome, which is like, yes. I don't have enough of fill in the blank. And so I want to ask you, and it was actually going to be my next question, which was, did you ever have a time where you then, once you knew what you wanted to do, where you then had to disassociate with, with any thought that it wasn't possible, whether it's because of friends or whether it's because of you, like, how did you get over that and then eventually find your way there one of one of the ways i found my way was i mean it really that that time of my life between like like eight and 12 years old was really like instrumental in like shaping who i am mm -hmm. not to say that i didn't learn anything beyond that but like between eight and 12 was really just like challenging for me because my mom and my dad you know like i said they didn't finish school we grew up in a small town in texas East Texas called Jasper, Texas. And we moved to Houston for opportunity. So I was born in Houston and we stayed in the inner city of Houston, third ward. And so like in 80, like 83, 84, we moved to Missouri city, Texas, which is the suburbs of Houston. So, you know, I'm feeling a little good. Mom and dad making a little money. Mm -hmm. You know, we like Jeffers. We done moved up a little bit. We have a front yard. We have a backyard. I'm hyped. I can run around all the time. And so when we moved from the inner city of Houston to the suburbs of Houston, I go to this elementary, Ridgemont Elementary. And this was a life changing moment for me. So I remember moving there and it was the fourth grade, Dr. Alana. And I'm in this teacher's class. I respect her. I'm not going to say her name. Mm -hmm. um, I, go to, I go to my teacher's class. No, Ms. Shavers was, was my fourth grade teacher. I mean, you know, I was excited. You know, she was, she was nice looking. She was cute. And I don't know why I was thinking like this as a fourth grader, but she was cute to me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I was really excited. I was going to learn some stuff from Ms. Shaver. Because I feel like I relate to her. She related to me. And on the first day of school, it was like she was speaking a foreign language. Mm. They were reviewing multiplication and division. Dr. Alana, 
in the fourth grade, I didn't know my, didn't know my multiplication of my division. Mm. So I was like stuck. Mm. So they moved me from Ms. Shaver's class um, to another class, to a remedial class. Mm-hmm. And I get to the class and my teacher, she didn't connect with me. She didn't engage with me. She rarely talked to me. She let all the other kids pick on me. They call me the hood kid, the ghetto kid. So they're saying all these different things about me. And I'm not actually aware of, aware of who I am as an individual. Mm. And so now here it is. I'm acting out. I'm mad. I'm angry because I'm not getting support from my teacher. Mm-hmm. So I'm fighting all the time. In the fourth grade, I went to the office over 50 times. Mm. Over 50 times. Fast forward, I get to the fifth grade. My teacher, Miss Betty Lou Williams, first day of school, she sat me down. She's like, Tyrone Smith, I read your record. I've seen your behavior, but I believe you have the capacity to do so much with your life. Mm. I need you to believe in yourself. If you need help, I'm going to be here, here to help and support you as a young man. When my fifth grade teacher, Ms. Williams, said that, that let me know that she cared. Mm. And I didn't go to the office not one time in the fifth grade. Wow. I was an awesome student. My grades improved because she took time to challenge me and let me know that she cared. And from that moment on, I believed I could do a lot with my life. And that's the same year that my mom told me to challenge myself when I was helping her clean home. So in the fifth grade, that was like an instrumental um, time in my life as far as like a movement in my life to really, uh, for me to pretty much like level set what it is I wanted for my life. Wow. That is such an amazing just journey because I, I have to pause here because First of all, sometimes we think that whatever people think of us is more powerful, especially when we're young, because they are Superman or mm-hmm. Superwoman to us. And right. you, you're really talking about that formative experience that many of us have had. And sometimes people, unless there's someone like this teacher you're talking about, sometimes right. people haven't even got over it. You know, sometimes right. they're still walking in the pit of those poor. I know in my research, that's what we see, that persistence is impacted by the level of efficacy or belonging that we feel. And if we don't feel that, that can be put a dark shadow of rejection of everything on us. So, wow, that's awesome. So it seems like that was a great impetus for then you being able to see yourself also differently, that you could actually accomplish a lot more because now you had some eyes on you that were like, all right, Right. Tyrone, you can do better. So tell me a little bit, I read in your book a little bit about your mentor. Can you talk to me about that relationship when it first began? Oh man, um, Coach Dennis Brandley. I've had a couple of mentors, but one of the most instrumental mentors in my life was Coach Dennis Brandley. And when I was in the eighth grade, is when I connected with Coach Dennis Brandley. So fifth grade is when Ms. Williams really just like challenged me and my mom challenged me. And in the sixth grade, I started playing football with the Windsor Redskins. And I got to tell you about that. When I played for the Windsor Redskins, Dr. Alana, we were like one in nine. We only won one football game. Wow. And we only won that one football game because the other team didn't show up. But hey, a win is a win. We still <laughs> threw a party after the game, you know. So, but that was that was all good. So, um, played for the Windsor Redskins, one and nine. Missouri City Middle School um, played seventh grade. Played on the B team. Thought I should have been on the A team, but I was a B team player. Go to Chris McCullough Middle School in 1987, and I meet somebody that would actually like change my life. That was Coach Dennis Bramley, and. What I found out was that in 1987, when I first met him as an eighth grader, that was his first year coaching and teaching. But wow. I felt and believed that he had been doing it for a long time because I had such a rich connection with him because here was my mom and my dad working two and three jobs. And I'm not really 
able to spend a lot of time with my mom and my dad. Mm -hmm. And I connected with Coach Branley through a Bible study. Um, mm -hmm. They had Fellowship of Christian Athletes at my school, and he invited me to a Bible study. He's like, Tyron, won't you come to a Bible study? And I was like, Coach, man, y'all have Bible study like at 6.30 in the morning. He's like, Tyrone, we have free donuts and orange juice. But I had no idea, Dr. Lana, that free donuts and orange juice would change my life. And so I was there, and man, it was like truly awesome to kind of see how he carried himself, mm -hmm. how he lived his life as a godly man, how he did all different, all these different things the right way. And I was looking at that from a distance because I didn't necessarily have that in my dad. Now, mm -hmm. I'm thankful for my dad, but my dad worked a lot. My mom worked a lot. My brothers they weren't really just true siblings to me. So I had to figure a lot of different things out. So I'm looking at how Coach Brandon is interacting with other mm -hmm. students. Um, he was my track coach eventually. I saw how he treated his wife, mm -hmm. how he treated his kids. So I, I connected with all of that. But it really came to a point where he was like a mainstay in my life. Because mm -hmm. in the eighth grade is when, my, is when my mom and my dad got divorced. Mm -hmm. And... When my mom and my dad got divorced, it was like a um, a tragic moment for me because I felt and thought that mom and my that my mom and my dad would be together forever. Mm. And I was in a, I was in a dark place, and in this dark place, I didn't really care about school. I didn't want to go to school. It got to the point where I was acting out. I was fighting all the time. Mm. And the thing about it is, Doctor Lund, I'm going to be honest with you here. I mean, you can only hit people so many times and run before they catch you and beat you up. You know what I mean? I mean, like, that's how I got fast. I would hit them and I would run. And so wow, I'm hitting people and running. And I had to stop fighting because I wasn't winning all the fights. So the next thing that I stopped doing, I stopped taking a bath. Mm. Stop begging him. Mm -hmm. I would walk down the hallway and people would be like, man, somebody is funky. I was like, I know, who is it? But now it was me. But at that time, as, as a 13-year-old, I didn't know how to address with all the emotions and issues mm -hmm. I was dealing with and going through because it's like I'm dealing with it in an unhealthy way. Mm -hmm. Then reach out to my counselor. I'm just kind of like just dead in mm -hmm. what was going on in my world. But yet I was crying out for attention from my mom and from my dad, but they weren't trying to hear me because they had their own stuff going on. And so it got to the point where I, I didn't bathe or brush my teeth for three and a half weeks. Mm. three and a half weeks didn't care about school um, and on this particular day I missed a bus I stayed about two and a half miles from the school hadn't bathed in three and a half weeks hadn't brushed my teeth in three and a half weeks um, walked to school I'm like sweating chocolate milk I'm just funky stinky and everything and once I get to school I was just smelling really bad mm -hmm. and I realized I needed to take a bath ASAP mm -hmm. and I realized in talking to Coach Brandley Coach Brandley told me, although my parents are divorced, although my parents are no longer together, I have no control over that. I have to control the controllables, which I can control myself, my attitude, my outlook, my behavior, my perspective, my mindset, my will. I can control that. And so at that moment, when I use that as a turning point, and that's when Coach Brandley and I <laughs> grew so much closer because mm -hmm. he was there to help me navigate through that, that difficult time in my life. And um, I'm forever grateful to him. I talk to wow. him sometimes and twice a week, even to this day. Wow. I have to interject here because, again, Tyrone, I know my tribe right now. They are like, hairs are raising. They are, some of them probably tearing because I really appreciate your authenticity and sharing that. Because a lot of times when we are going through pain, 
we mm -hmm. tend to bottle it inside of us and we, you know, we'll put on our face. Some people, maybe it's not, you know, sometimes they look so perfect on the outside and then they go right. home and that's right. when they, they let it out or they drink it up or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. But I can appreciate how you talk about how your coach was able to let you know that, look, you can't control everything, but these are the things you can control. So that's right. a real pivotal moment. And I want to know, how are you then able to transition from that from not being able to control, really convey your emotions and your deep thoughts to now putting that into a sport. And not only that, building up the disciplines that were needed. And so how did you do that and kind of leave the negative self-talk and leave all of that so that you could become who you eventually became? Because I, felt, I found a healthy alternative and my healthy alternative was really football and track. I found an outlet. I found a resource that I can identify with, that I can um, pull all my energy in outside of school and keep my mind clear and focused. And even along the way, you know, Coach Brandon was still instrumental mm -hmm. as I moved and navigated through the rest of my middle school and high school years. And so having the connection from somebody and with somebody that can really keep me accountable to the expectations that I had for myself was critical and key. But then finding that, that healthy alternative, that thing that could actually like redirect my mind in a healthy way, I think was really critical and key for me at that moment in time. So for those that actually listen, I mean, when you think about your life, when you think about the things you deal with, go through and experience, um, what is it that you can put your energy in? Even like right now during this pandemic, that can really uh, redirect your mindset in a healthy way. Is it that next book? Is it that next business plan? Is it that, that next expansion plan? I mean, what is it that you can do in the now from a healthy standpoint to help better your life? and your goals. Mm. Well, I have another question for you. So, I mean, because it's not just about the pit. So tell me what it was like when you actually found yourself in the NFL. Did you scream? Did you run around? I mean, what did you do? And um, what was that joy like? Man, but I, I think the joy of actually making it to the NFL was like a dream come true. I mean, to be a kid, to be a 12-year-old boy and like, you know, I want to go to the NFL. And when you have all these people telling you, mm -hmm. right, that you're not going to like make it. My mom didn't want me to play football. My mom said, you're my youngest baby boy. I do not want you to play and get injured. Mm -hmm. And so to actually make it, I cannot explain the feeling, the euphoria. I mean, to go and play with the San Fran 49ers and to be wow. play with likes like Jerry Rice, Steve Young, Chris Dolman, Merton Hanks. I mean, all these, I mean, I played with, I think maybe like four guys that are now in the NFL Hall of Fame. I mean, to really have an opportunity to play on that level for a prestigious team and organization was a, was a true joy. Wow. And we just commend you, congratulate you, because that, all, that by itself is a major feat. And so now I want to talk to you about, you know, when people have such highs, it can be hard once it's time for them to make a transition and they can say, oh, my gosh, you know, how do I move forward? So can you tell me how you were able to make the pivot and tell me a little bit about the book that you've written and what your goals are with this book? Okay, so. My, my pivot was that I knew I wanted to give back. I mean, I knew I wanted to make a difference in the lives of others because there were so many people that really helped me in my journey from um, my parents, from Ms. Williams to Coach Brandley mm -hmm. to my 10th grade year, Ms. Patricia Landhart, who took me in when I was homeless. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were people who helped me out in my journey. So um, I realized that giving is receiving turned inside out. So I want to be a giver. I want to create a platform 
um, create, I want to create an organization that would allow me to use my platform to make a difference. And so over 20 years ago, my wife and I started strategizing and started thinking about what can we do after the game of football was over. And I told I wanted to create an organization to actually impact the lives of young people. But I knew early on as a high school student that I knew I wanted to give back and help others. But to see it manifest has truly been a blessing and a journey because I approach every moment, every time, every situation as if I'm speaking to the young version of myself who need that help, who needed that encouragement, who needed that guidance. So that's why I'm intentional about the work that we do with First and Go Inc. And so when you think about like the book, um, outside the huddle, steps to develop a game plan for life. I wrote the book so the book could be like a lasting legacy of my life based on the principles I've applied in my life going back from like the fourth grade up until now. Mm-hmm. Because the book is a book about principles. And I use relevant life examples and stories from my life um, based on the principles that I actually follow. And at the end, there's a takeaway to challenge and charge each, each and every individual to look inwardly at themselves as well. So mm-hmm. to write the book, is a way for me to pretty much um, put my life on paper, but at the same time inspire, inspire and challenge those as well who may need that bit of encouragement or guidance also. What would you say to, um, what would you say, particularly for some reason, you know, I've been uh, with what's going on with COVID-19, I've been thinking about how just some people feel like they don't have anything anymore. They may have lost their job, especially people who may have had service types of jobs or Maybe they have jobs where they were going out and now they're kind of trying to think, how do I change my mind or shift my mind to what's happening now? Maybe they have to go back to school or maybe they have to learn new things. And what would you say to people right now, whether they're starting a new business or they're trying to pivot so they can take care of their families? When I, when I, when I hear you ask me that question, I think about a conversation my wife and I, Monica, had this morning where I think that in life, as you know, in the first chapter of my book, is called, you know, it's titled Purpose. I believe that in life, each and every one of us have a specific design purpose in regards to how we can do whatever it is we love doing. But when you think about what we're dealing with and going through right now, you may have to like pivot. And so in that, you may have to repurpose. And I, don't, I say that based on this. I mean, for those people who are actually out there, you may have been, have had a certain job and you've loved that job. But outside of that, take this time to really think about what is it that you could see yourself doing that you will love. Mm. that you would repurpose because right now we have no control over everything we're dealing with going through an experience but we can control our outlook and our perspective and how we move forward so i would challenge i would challenge individuals to just really take this time to inwardly look at yourself to see what can you see yourself doing wow what can you repurpose i mean think about that because I mean, we, we talk about my book, but what's funny, Dr. Alana, is that there was a, um, a little booklet I wrote like maybe, maybe about over 10 years ago. It's called The Power of Principles. It's like a little, it's a, it's a booklet and it's, 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 the, it's the prequel to my book, but it's, okay. it's a little different from my book. And my wife, she was like, Tyrone, you know what? We need to repurpose this. Because yes, we do. I, Thank you. <laughs> you know what I mean? She's like, you know, we need to repurpose this because... We really didn't push it. Not only you, I used that particular booklet for a, a presentation when I was training some, uh, some, some college facilitators and college students and college directors, and I just used it for this seminar, and I really never did do anything with it after that. She was, and she was reading it the other day. She's like, you know, we need to repurpose this. And so I think some people may need to actually just repurpose 
something in their lives or something they've been actually holding on to that they haven't quite finished or fulfilled. And that may be the next thing for them. Mm, wow, that's awesome. Well, I have a couple more questions before you wrap up. You know, I was talking to someone that does sports announcing for all of these college games. And he was so just, he said the, the teams were so distraught and saddened because some of their whole, their entire seasons were canceled. And, you know, what mm-hmm. would you say to those athletes who are just like, well, I'm home, I don't have any games. And maybe they're not really doing the routines that they would normally do what would you say to them in terms of kind of keeping with their regimens and staying focused for the next year how how can they stay abreast of everything even if they're not playing any games i mean one of i mean you know one of the things i i think about is being an author and a writer that i never saw myself as being an author and a writer because you know like i said people talked about me so much when i was younger but for those for those athletes and for athletes I've actually worked with and, and talked to on a regular basis, I just spoke to USC athletes a few weeks ago. I told them to really take this time to really um, write out your plan, your vision, your goals, the steps that you want to take for whatever it is that you actually do and notate it. Because it's one thing to say and to think, but it's another thing to actually write it down. So when you write it down, you're committing to it. You're committing to something that you can actually look at every day. You can put it on your notepad and your phone. You can write, write it and type it out and put it on your wall. And so take this time to really think about what it is that you want to do beyond this pandemic. Mm, thank Make you. the most out of the time. Wow. I mean, I, I, mean I, I think, and I call it, um, Dr. Alana, having like a now mindset. Mm-hmm. No opportunities wasted. I love that. No opportunities wasted. So, you know, we have opportunities with the time that we have, but how can you maximize it? Because, you know, a lot of athletes around the world are still stuck and doing it, and they're still stuck and can't do anything. Mm-hmm. With that being said, what can you do to make the most out of the time? Wow, great advice. And I just want to ask you one last question. Can you tell everyone again the name of your book, how they can get a hold of you? Because I also saw that you were doing some virtual, I think it's virtual classes or, or something virtually. Yes. Take, take yes. time to explain it. Yes, yeah, so um, you can get my book actually on my website. Um, TyroneSmith24.com is T-Y-R-O-N-E-S-M-I-T-H-24.com. You can go to my go to my um, website, click the link to order the book. Um, and if you order the book, I mean, I actually sign, I sign the copy for you. So you can actually make a note when you check the book out on my website. And that's, that's a unique thing about purchasing the book on my website. You can actually leave me a personal note. And I can autograph the book for you as well. Wow. I want to thank Tyrone24Smith for this wonderful time to interview him and to learn about his wonderful persistence and career journey. I hope that you feel encouraged by listening to this story of courage. And I also hope that you realize that you are probably just a few steps away from reaching new milestones. You just have to really see your challenges as your greatest teachers. Well, that's it for me, Dr. Alana DeGrasse. I can't wait to connect with you soon. If you want to learn more about how to grow with our special events, make sure you subscribe to tojispark.com.